God is always good. It's great when we come in with a preconceived notion of how God should show up and how he should work, and then he's like, hey, surprise, guess what? I'm going to do the opposite of how you think I'm going to work. We've been talking about faith for the last couple of weeks. You guys got getting anything out of that? Did you guys get anything out of that? Okay, good. Because Sarah did a really good job of talking about steps of faith and how we get to, to certain levels of faith with God. And um, I think faith is such an important aspect in our lives. And it, it's such a, it, it, God even says, you can't please me without faith. Faith is required to please God. And so really faith is one of those things that, you know, we need to be reminded of. Of daily, We need to remind ourselves of, of God's faithfulness to us and, and the faith that we have and our trust in Him. So uh, we're going to start, a, I, I wouldn't say a new series, but I'm going to start talking about some things in the next mm, four or five, maybe six weeks of, of about church. We, we look at church and we all come from different church backgrounds. Some of us don't come from church. Some of us do come from church backgrounds. Some of us come from very conservative backgrounds. I grew up in, in my first seven years of school was I went to a holiness school. And that was basically... Women didn't wear pants. Women didn't have, their hair was never long. It was always up in a bun. They had some kind of covering over it. And so that, that's what I grew up in for the first seven years of my life is, is very conservative. But my parents weren't that way. My parents wanted me to, um, they, they weren't that conservative, but they put me in a school because they wanted a good Christian education for me. Um, that didn't work out so well. Um, and um, and um, so... But it was always, we were always looked at as kind of outsiders and weird because we didn't go to a, uh, the same style of church they went to. And we went to a Baptist church when I was younger, and then we moved to a non-denominational church as I, I got into my early teens. And they, they'd, always, they'd always kind of ask you, well, what, what your church is non-denominational. It's like, what does it believe? It's like, I'm like, pretty much the same thing you do, except we don't, just don't have a, 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 a random, you know, we're kind of just, we're not so focused on, the way we dress, the way we, uh, certain ways of doing things, we just focus on God and what he wants to do. And, and so for them, it was very weird. But I, I've been thinking about doing this for a while, and God's really been putting on my heart because we all come from different backgrounds. We all come from church backgrounds that are either non-existent, uh, super conservative, super charismatic, um, you know, somewhere in the middle. And, and, and for us, it's like, okay, what, what fits me? What fits where God is leading me, what he's doing in my life? So I've been, I've been really reading Acts and looking at Acts, and, and we look at the early church in Acts, and it's like there's not a lot of description about the early church in Acts, but there is a lot of description at the same time because it gives a lot of what they were doing and what was happening, but it doesn't give a description of every little detail. And I think so many times we get focused on the little details of what the church should be instead of what the church was called to be in Acts. And so... Church is something that is very unique, yet at the same time, it's something that is very much, is very much the same all, all around. Every Sunday, within, even within a, a couple blocks of here, there's multiple churches getting together, worshiping God, praising God, hearing, hearing the Word of God spoken, and, and, doing fel- and having fellowship and community with each other. And they're growing in you know, love for each other, love of God. And so... A lot of times uh, churches get in that mindset of, well, this is the only place I can go or this is the only church that really does this. And, and that's not true. God works in every church, every pastor, every leader, every uh, community of believers. And we have to learn what community for us is, what, what God has designed for us. God has given Sarah and I a, a idea of what God or what he wants us to do for our church body, for our community uh, of believers that gather together on, uh, in this building on a Sunday. 
So I'm going through Acts and I'm reading some of the things and I'm looking through some of the things that they did on a weekly basis or on a, on a regular basis that kind of defined who they were as a church and how we have to say, okay, how do we, as a, as a, a modern group of, of believers who follow God, love God, how do we model ourselves in that fashion that the Holy Spirit directed those apostles to fashion the church in? Again, we're not going to have persecution like they had. So there's, there's a couple different, there's some different aspects that we don't have that they did, but we have to look at the early church and we have to say, okay, how did God design it? How did he want it? What, what did they do that we are either not doing, missing, or we can do better as a group of people? So we're going to look at their characteristics and how they became a, an authentic church, because really we want to become a, an authentic church. We, we, I'm not saying we're not. I'm just saying we want to become more authentic like God wanted his church to be. And there's always areas that we can say, you know what, man, God's just saying, I need to increase this, or I need to do this better. I need to do this better because I need to reach out for, to people around me. So the early church in Acts was, was, kind, of, um, was kind of scattered. They gathered together, but they were very scattered in, in some aspects because they were being persecuted. And so many times... Um, the believers would gather together, but at the same time, they were in fear for their lives because they didn't know if someone was going to be hunting them down and putting them in prison, killing them, you know, taking them out of their houses, you know, dragging them out of their homes. And so we have to look at it and say, okay, God, what did you teach them? What did you instill in the, the apostles and, and give to the apostles so they could form the church the proper way? So we're going to uh, turn to Acts 2. And there's just some basic things that they did that we can look at and say, man, they really, they really did this well. Or this is what they did and this is how we should do it. So we're going to turn to chapter 2 and verse 42. We're going to read 42 and then we're going to work our way down. So before that, it talks about how many people they, they, they brought into the, the kingdom of God. It talks about how many people were baptized. And then 42, it says this, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were, were together and, uh, and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord, excuse me, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Okay, so I want you guys to do something. I guys want you to, look, um, I want you all to stand up for me. We're going to play, play a little game. We're going to have an activity, as, uh, as the uh, preschool teachers would say. All right, friends, um, <laughs> I want you guys to turn around. Now I want the, <laughs> all right, I want the back row to turn and face me. Look at the row, look at the row that's in front of you. Now I want the middle row to turn around, face me. Look at the people in front of you. Yeah, you can wave, be awkward, it's okay. <laughs> Some of you are really doing that well. Now I want the front row to turn around and face me. All right, now you've just seen everybody that's in this building. This is the community of people that we have. So 
in Acts 2.42, it says they met frequently. You guys can all be seated. We'll, play maybe, we'll maybe have another activity again. Yeah, if you're good, if you behave, there's animal crackers and a fun activity after we're done here. Um, and all the, preschool, all the preschool teachers and aides are like, oh, no, not that. Um, okay, snack's the best time. All right, all, all the aides pretty much agree that it's snack is the best time. All right, so my favorite activity is nap time. Um, Acts 2.42 says they met frequently. We look and we say, okay, well, what does that mean? They had 500 church services a week. They met every night. How did they do that? It's not saying that. It says that they met frequently. And what it was is they had community. They had community together. They had a, um, such a relationship that they wanted to be together, wanted to spend that time with each other and, and really um, share life with each other. I mean, we had dinner with some people on Friday and it was just just taking that time and sitting there and talking to them about, stupid things and, and funny things and, 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 and serious things. And it was just, it was like that. For, and I was thinking about that. I'm like, that is what community is. It's about sitting down and, and, and having dinner around the dinner table and, and complaining and rejoicing and, and saying, man, you're weird, you're weird. You know, just like, just being normal with each other. And, and we, so many times we, we get in this mindset of if, the, if church community gets together, we can't be ourselves. We have to act all holy and we have to say, well, I read this Bible verse and I read this entire chapter. And it's like, no, we can sit together as, as Christians and, and just, you know, and if anybody knows when guys get together, they can be best friends and they will just tear each other down. Like, oh, you're, you just suck as a human being and you just, you're worthless. And it's like, but that's, that's a guy saying, but I love you, man, you know? And, um, but... But our, our life should be being real with each other and building that community with each other. How do we grow as a church and how do we grow as believers? It's by community. It's by spending that time together and saying, you know what? You're weird sometimes, but I still love you. Or, yeah, whatever. We all have our quirks. We all have weird things. Like Debbie just is honest right now. She's just like, hey, she'll just say what she thinks. And that, it's funny to, to listen to Debbie just say what she thinks because... <laughs> She just says whatever is on the, top, on the top of her head. And sometimes that's dangerous, but sometimes it's really, really funny. So in our, in our, li- in our lives, we need people to come around us and, and, and spend that time with and, and be um, a community together and, and eating dinner together. Last week, we all had dinner. Thank you, Courtney, again, and Dan for carrying it all in. And, uh, and um, yeah, Zach carried it in too. But we, had, we just sat together and had lunch together after service. And it was amazing because we all got to, we kind of just hopped tables around and, and we talked to other people and we, we had time with each other. But what it did is it made us grow closer as a community. Yeah. It made us say, you know what, man, I love spending time with these people. I really want to spend more time with these people. A few of you, maybe not, but um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but it made me really start to, I was watching you guys. And, and I, if you guys don't know me by now, I'm a watcher and I will I'll stand off in the corner and just watch. It's kind of creeperish sometimes, and I'm, I apologize if it gets weird, but I'll just watch you guys because I like to see how you guys interact with each other. I like to see how you guys are um, talking with each other and, and, and connecting with each other, and I like to, to see all the different aspects of how we're growing as a community. You know, some of us have been uh, together for a very long time, and some of, uh, some of us have, have just gotten to know each other, but 
There's something about the bond that is Jesus Christ in us that when we come together, it's different than anything the world can offer for, for community. It's different than uh, anything other uh, religion or belief system that, that can offer when we have Jesus Christ as the common denominator in our relationships. Because what it does is it, we have a common goal for his kingdom to come, his will be done, and we know that it, that's what our goal is. And something unites us with a common goal and says, man, these people, I want to grow in my relationship with these people. I want to grow in my, my, my love for these people because when I do, man, God's work gets done on the earth. So we look and they, they had, it says, fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. So as a community, we need that time together. We need that, that, those moments where we can spend, even if it's five minutes of, of spending that time with that person, because what it does is it can continually strengthens the bond that we have together through Jesus, through God, through our fellowship, and through us as a, as a family of God. It strengthens us in such a way that we become one. And, and, and it talks about in Ephesians that, you know, we're all growing, we're all um, continuing to grow until we become in unity, perfect unity. And I'm looking at it, and it says they desired to meet together. They desired to have that connection with each other. If you, look at their, if you look at their lifestyle, their lifestyle was kind of one of, hey, I don't know what's going to happen because we're being persecuted, but man, we desired to be together. They took risks to be together. In, in so many um, ways, uh, we don't take that time to, to spend with each other. I, I can't say that about this church because, I mean, if we're not together, you know, if, the, if, if some of us aren't together at least twice a, a week, it's like, man, I haven't seen them in like a week. You know, it, it's like we spend more time together, especially like with all the, the, the preschool aides that we have, they all see each other on like basically seven days a week almost. And, and yes, except for yesterday. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times, we, we tend to, as a community, we tend to, to come together. But in some aspects, it, it's weird for people to spend time with people. We had um, uh, some people ask us, it was after a service one time, and they were getting ready to leave, and they said, why is everybody still standing around? <laughs> we, the, everybody's, everybody's over in the corner, we're, we're on the coffee, and, and everybody's talking, and it's like, why is everybody standing around? I said, this is what we do. We build community. We spend time with each other. We talk to each other. Dumb stuff, serious stuff, funny stuff, whatever it is, we talk with each other. And we spend that time and we grow from that. You don't, we just don't come in and say, okay, see you next week. We, we don't come in at you know, 10 o'clock when the service starts and then leave at you know, 11.15 be like, yep, see you next week. No, it, it doesn't work that way. We cannot grow. We cannot grow as believers because we need each other to encourage each other to admonish each other and to, and to correct each other and say, man, man, God is doing something amazing to you. Or man, man, I think you, you're, you're struggling with this. Let's, let's, cor let's correct what's going on and let, let's help you grow so we become closer. You become closer to God, you become closer to each other. And so we look at them. In verse 44, it says, Now all who believed were together and all things, and had all things in common. What is the most common thing we have with each other? It is Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ is the thing that we have most in common. Because he loves us, he sent his son to die for us, and we have the opportunity to receive him and to make him, uh, to bring him into our lives and allow him to, t to take it over our lives. But you look at them and they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all who had need. They basically said, you know, the things that I have, I'm going to give away so that everybody around me doesn't suffer, has more, has better. They had such a tight community that there were strangers in the church giving things away so that another person that they had no clue who it was would have something in their life. And I look at that and say, you know, how, how bold, how powerful of a statement is it that perfect strangers gave away something when someone comes into the church and they're like, man, I don't know who this person is, but they're struggling with this or they were, you know, whatever was going on. They just sold stuff. We don't need this. This is extra. And they sold it to give it away to perfect strangers. So they sold their possessions and divided them among all who had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Basically what they're saying is, is this, is, or what the, the scripture is saying is this, is they went from house to house, they had dinner at each other's house, they lived that time, they, they had that time together, they spent that time together because they knew that this was the connection they needed that was a life-giving connection for them to hold on to. They had a desire to spend time with each other. The people that asked us, why are people spending time with each other? Why is everybody standing over there talking? If we're not, something's going on. I mean, re really, if you, if you ever been, have been here more than twice, if you're not standing around or sitting down talking after church, there must be a fire and we're all outside. I mean, literally, that's, that's how, uh, how much time we spend together and how much we, we talk with each other. So they had a desire for it. And I think so many times... Um, Sarah and I in the past have gone to churches and, and it's like you go there and then as soon as the service is done, you have like six minutes to get out to the car and get out before the, the traffic's bad and bottlenecks and the two little places. to. And you're like, we just got to get out of here because the traffic's going to be bad and you got to just move. And, and, and it's like, but everybody just like makes a, a, a bum rush for the door. And it's like, oh, service is over. Time to go get lunch. We want to be the first one at the restaurant. And they rush out of the church. And it's like so many times... I've watched this and, and we've visited places like this. And I'm not saying that's a bad church at all. It, but community says something that they want to spend time together instead of rushing out the door and saying, oh, we got to get to the restaurant first so that we can, we can get the perfect seat. And I think community is so important because what it does is, is when someone comes in from the outside that, doesn't, that has never been there or ha doesn't have a connection, we can walk with them and, 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 and bring them in and say, man, we love you, we support you, we want to take care of you because that's what we were designed for. We were designed to bring people in from the outside and say, you know what, we love you, we're going to support you, we're going to take care of you, we're going to walk with you through whatever you're going through. And they're like, why? It's because the love of Christ that is in, that is in our hearts extends through us. And by us having community is how it extends to people. Because when they come in, they don't know who they are. They don't know what, what life is um, going to be like. Or they, maybe they're struggling. And we say, you know what? We love you. We're going to be with you. It may get ugly sometimes. It may be hard sometimes. But we're going to walk with you. We're going to hold your hand. We're going to carry you if we have to. 
It's like the, it's like the crippled man who his friends took and lowered him through the ceiling to Jesus. He basically, they're, they're, they're like, oh, well, you know, uh, well, it's too busy. Ah, we'll, we'll bring it back next week. No, they did whatever it took to see their friend healed. And for us, it's like, what are we going to do to see people from the outside brought in and their lives changed? Have the desire to have community with each other. That's what we need. Without community, we are nothing. We're just a bunch of believers scattered. Community is what binds us together. It's what draws us together for real relationships, you know, arguments, joy, laughter, sorrow. And that's what it brings us together because we have a common thing, and that is Jesus Christ living in us. Turn to Acts 4 for me. We're going to... Let's go Acts 4.32. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they all had things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and the great grace was upon them, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of the land of houses sold and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed them to each as anyone needed. We look. And what does it say? It says they were, the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. They had unity. There was something about that, that early church that had such unity that, again, what they, they did is people who had houses sold them, brought the money and said to the apostles, do what you need to do with it. And they took care of the needs of the people with it. So they had unity. Unity, it was such a, a huge part of it because they knew who their allies were. They knew who was going to take care of them. They knew who was on their side and was going to help them when they needed that. Psalms 133 says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. God wants us to be together in one heart, one mind, and one accord so that way, there's one purpose that he has given us. And if we're not together, we're, we're disagreeing on things, and, and we don't have unity together, we try to all go out and do our own thing. Nothing gets accomplished like a group of people working together for one purpose, one cause, and one goal. You guys ever had an argument with somebody about doing something? Cody has back there. Um, those two, anybody who's married, raise your hand. Yep, pretty much. If you've ever been married you've, uh, or are married, um, you've had a disagreement with um, your significant other or somebody and, about something that you want to do. You know, like Sarah and I were talking about something this morning, and I'm like, we could do this. And she instantly goes, we're not doing that. I'm like, I just made a suggestion. I'm like, okay. And um, I'm like, hey, we could have, you know, this. And she's like, no. I'm like, well, I want to do that. She's like, well, I don't really care what you want. I want to do it this way. I'm like, <laughs> okay. I'm like, fine. Uh, 
we weren't quite in unity on the agreement. I mean, it wasn't like life-changing, but for me it might have been. But, um, and there's something about it when you have an argument with your significant other and you do, you're like, and then you're looking like, I want to do this and you want to do that and I don't like you right now. And you can't come to an agreement upon something and you're trying to work it out and you're working it out. And it may not be, you know, anything. It might be, I want this cereal and they want this cereal. But you're like, I want this cereal. And, and there's not that unity in what you want to buy when you're, she doesn't let me go to the grocery store because I just go behind her or go in front of her like, oh, look at this. And I just throw it in the cart. And then she goes and puts it back up. And I'm like, oh, cookies, we can get these. And, and I'm like, oh, we need four cans of hot dog chili. And I'm just throwing it in there. I'm like, we can have hot dogs today. And she, she never takes me shopping because, and she rarely ever lets me go shopping because I'm just like, oh, six frozen pizzas. And, uh, you know, I'm like, let's go with this. And, you know, or I'll come home with like 10 bags of baby carrots. And she's like, what'd you get these for? I'm like, they're on sale. I'm like, let's just eat. We're just going to eat them. So when we go to the grocery store, we are not in unity because I'm all like, I'm going to go do this. And she's all like, I'm going to go put it back. So there's no agreement there. So if you ever want to um, ever have experience, either go to the grocery store with us or ride in the car with us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, as anybody uh, has ever rode in the car with us, they know that if I'm driving, Sarah's like, you better not do this. And if I'm driving, I'm just like, let's just hurry up and get there. She's like, I'm driving how I want it. You know, so we don't agree upon a few things. But when it comes to raising our children... When it comes to how we want our children to grow up, how, they, how we want them to follow God, we are in unity. She always threatens to put me in the third row of the, of the car if I don't do what she wants to do. She goes, you'll be in the third row if you don't do, start doing this. But when it comes to raising our daughters, we agree upon it. We know what we want for our daughters. We know what, what uh, desire we have for their, their spouses and their, and, and their futures. And, and that's unity. And what that does is it makes us powerful. And what unity does to believers when we're joined together and we have a common cause and a common goal and we know where we're going, it makes us even more powerful because we're in agreement. And we say, you know what? I'm going to do this and let's go do this together. And we come in agreement and we say, man, we're going to change this area. We're going to change this town, this community, these counties. Um, we're going to change people. Because we're bringing life to them through Jesus Christ. It's not just like, oh, we're just gonna, we're just gonna, you know, gather together and we're gonna hang out and we're, you know, we're gonna call it church, but we're not gonna do anything. No, we're gonna come together. We're gonna worship God because we love God, and we're going to reach this community and reach these areas because we know that there's people out there that need Jesus Christ, that they need their lives to change, they need something in their lives to change, and we are the hope. For glory. Jesus said, you know what? When I, what I've done, you will do greater. So he, what he's saying is this. Come together and bring the hope that Jesus has to people. He is the hope of glory. And we, have the, we are the ambassadors for him to bring that hope to people because when they're hopeless, they need something. You guys ever had been hopeless on something? It's just like, I don't think this is ever going to change. I don't think this is ever going to do. Okay, four people and my daughter. So that's five people. Okay, nodding. Okay, we'll get, if you're nodding or raising your hand, that's good. So, um, learn from a 13-year-old child, 12-year-old child, she's almost 13, but um, be honest. But they had unity together. They grew together and said, we know what Jesus has done. We, they know what commission, Jesus said with the Great Commission. He gave it to the apostles. He said, go 
and make disciples of men. And our job as Christians is to make disciples of men, to bring them in, to introduce them to Jesus Christ and allow him to work in their life, change their life. And then when he does change their life is to help them grow into a disciple because it's just a, a process of over and over and over. Bring someone in, they meet Jesus, they become a disciple. Someone else comes in, make a disciple, make a disciple. And so we look at them and they had unity. Perfect unity? No. They probably disagreed. If you read Acts, they disagreed on a few things. We won't go into details of what they disagreed on. But there was a lot, there was a lot of, uh, of controversy between them. Some of them wanted to do this and some of them wanted to do this. But their common goal was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so unity for us is imperative because if we don't all have unity, it's you know, it's like an octopus, all arms going everywhere and, and everybody's trying to do something, but nothing's ever getting done. So we need and have to have unity in order for us to grow and to reach people like Jesus wants us to and as God has designed us to. So we look back in the church, what they, they had was they had connection with each other. They had that desire to have um, community with each other. They went from house to house to house. It was a progressive dinner in the old days um, and, and had um, dinner with each other and they had time with each other. And, and you got to remember, for dinner for us, it's like 15 minutes and we're shoveling food in our mouth and then we're, and then we're back on the couch or we're out the door. Um, for them, dinner sometimes was like five hours because it took them hours to prepare. It wasn't like, you know, we just go to McDonald's or go to the pizza place and get some food and be like, okay, that was good. And then half hour later, you're done eating. And, you know, you, you kind of waddle out because you ate too much. It was, they would spend time with each other. They spent, you know, four or five hours at the house having, to, having that time with each other and spending time eating and, and enjoying the company that they had. And then unity. They had unity because God had bound them together, had designed them to be together, and they knew what their purpose was. Let's pray.